Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's show is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Again, the Sleeper app is where that you can join me in having a little bit of fun with your fantasy basketball it is a tremendous app to use. The user experience is great. Use that to pro- that uh, promo code LA Lounge to get a hundred dollar deposit match, up to a hundred dollar deposit match with that first deposit that you make on the app. Again, that is LA Lounge on the Sleeper app. Let's get to the show. He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin on this fine Friday afternoon, joined by you. The point of this episode, it's a happy hour episode, though not too many people, I think, are particularly happy. Uh, but that is kind of the point. I want to get your, you know, the, 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 the name on the thumbnail is Vibe Checks, right? I want to see how you guys are feeling about this. I've already asked my Twitter audience, which, by the way, you can uh, follow me there at Anthony Irwin LA. Make sure you guys are subscribed here to the show. Make sure you guys are subscribed on both on you know YouTube, where we have a lot of fun. I think the show translates pretty well to video, and given the amount that I like to laugh and the amount that I like to make um, my guests laugh when we're on here together. And then, uh, you know, if, if you can't watch whether it's live or if you can't devote the amount devote the amount of time to watch on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed everywhere that you get podcasts. And then, uh, by the way, this is another reminder. I, I, I looked at the, uh, the iTunes mailbag and we haven't got one in a little bit. So send those reviews, send those questions by the, by in, in, in the form of a five-star review. And I will answer those as quickly as I possibly can. Typically every week when, when we have a, a good flow of questions coming in, uh, lastly, I have one big question basically, uh, from Twitter, but if you are here now watching and you have any questions or comments, I will get to those over the course of the show. Um, once I answer, uh, the, the, the one question I've gotten from Twitter so far, which is a doozy, there's quite a few questions in there, quite a few topics that are going to come from this question. So I'm going to handle that one. And then over the course of my answering that question, uh, if you get yours in, in time, I'm going to be doing this for, you know, 30 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, get in, get out, and let everybody enjoy their fine Friday afternoon. It's gorgeous outside right now where I live. Uh, I'm not sure how things are looking back home. But, but yeah, I'm going to answer this first question here from a Twitter follower. And then uh, leave your questions and comments uh, there below this video as you guys are watching live and, and I'll get to them as, as quickly as I can. 
So here's the question from Twitter um, at Laker goat writes, what can be fixed on offense? When can we start getting our players back? I'm concerned when Rui Vando and Gabe get back, the offense will continue to be stuck in the mud. None of those guys are offensive first guys. The offense won't be fixed because I don't trust Ham's schemes. All right. So obviously a lot there. I'm going to pull it up to the side of me so that I make sure I get to all of it. Um, all right. First and foremost, what can be fixed on offense? That's a that's an excellent question. Uh, probably one for people much smarter than me. But what can be fixed on offense right away is just guys knocking down open shots. You know, it's just it has been brutal to, you know, have the ball go inside. You collapse the defense like you would hope. Ball rotates over to a shooter. And almost never do I have very much confidence that the person at the end of that swing pass is actually going to knock down the uh, the jumper on the other end of it. And, you know, I, I know that it, it's, it's probably kind of frustrating to, to have that as analysis, right? Just make shots. Um, it is a make or miss league. Like that's, that's, that's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, for the Lakers, you know, it, it really kind of starts there. Uh, and, and especially if they are going to stick with this uh, system, which um, I'm going to touch on later in this question or later in this response, but so long as this is the way that they are going to, to, to generate offense, where they try to collapse the defense and then you kick it back out and you swing, swing pass to the corner. It's a very modern concept, right? Uh, so long as that is the way that you're going to go about doing things, the number one thing that you have to be able to do in that, um, the most important aspect of, of that process is, hey, make the jumper. <laughs> like, please, for the love of goodness, make the jumper. So uh, that's where I would say uh, you, you got to start. And then, you know, from from there, uh, you know, there there are some different ways that you can um, that you can handle the the uh, pressure that the Lakers, I think, are consistently dealing with that I don't think they're very good at dealing with. Um, you know, there's there's some other aspects of of offense that I think the Lakers are kind of ignoring uh, to their detriment. Um, and you know, that is an aspect of this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm doing multiple things at once here, but the, uh, you know, the one thing that the Lakers, I think need to figure out is having some direction in their offense, right? I talked yesterday about, you know, how, uh, I just never really know how, you know, what, what the point or what they're trying to accomplish on offense. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, if if I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, I'm 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 sure that there are people there. The, the, the guys who are st standing there on the court trying to execute these things are also kind of confused at what the point is supposed to be, and and you know that makes it really difficult to get into a rhythm. So like when I talk about you know needing to make shots, uh, you know part of it is these guys I don't think understand like when or where their shots are going to come from. Um, and you know, one thing as a shooter, one thing that used to drive me crazy, we're not even driving crazy, but one thing that I used to rely pretty heavily, heavily on is, you know, watching tape and, uh, 
you know, paying, paying attention to where those passes are going to come from. And then you watch that tape and then in practice or after practice, right. When I would get my post-practice shooting in, um, or if I was working at a gym, I would have whoever is, 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 uh, you know, shooting with me. If, you know, my dad did a lot of work with me outside of, 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 you know, official practice and stuff. And so essentially if it was my dad, my younger brother and me shooting, essentially younger brother would, would get the rebound. He'd pass it out to dad, wherever, uh, the, the pass would normally come from. And I would, uh, you know, really focus on, you know, understanding and, and getting into a rhythm with, with where that's going. Problem is with, with what the Lakers are doing and the way that they're running their offense. Right. And by the way, that's what every good show shooter. That's what every good shooting coach. That's what every smart team does when they are working on, on fixing their jumper or, or focusing on their jumper. That's how things usually go, right? It's three man rebounding or three man shooting drill. And, and you basically, uh, you have the shooter standing where they, uh, would normally get their shots the most and you would try to, you know, maybe if, if you have enough people involved and the Lakers always do, you would have a rebounder, a, a passer, and then you would have a contester, right? You would have somebody kind of standing in the, in the airspace, uh, to, so that you can try to, uh, replicate what it's like to shooting in, in a, in a, in a uh, game setting. So, uh, but the, the point of all of that is to say, that when the Lakers are doing that and when these shooters are trying to do that, I don't know that they necessarily know where they should be standing, where the passer should be standing and where that pass would normally be coming from, how far away you want that contester standing, right? Because right now there's a lot of wide open shots. So maybe you're better off having that person stay a little further back. So you're kind of more used to that. Um, you know, and then, and then the other thing too, with, uh, you know, the, the problem, the inherent problem with any shooting drill is you almost never get to just like stand in just one spot and get like five shots in a row and really work on that. Right. Like that's, that, that's not really how things typically go in a basketball game. So you also have to try to replicate that. And, and again, if you don't understand where your first place is <laughs> where to initially stand, then how do you then know where to move to? And there's a bit of a pocket in, 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 in corner three shooting, and there's a bit of a pocket with some other guys or whatever. But for the most part, I think with the way that the Lakers are running their offense right now, it makes it really difficult for anybody to get into a rhythm. And, and that's with like everybody. Like, I don't think AD is in a very good rhythm when it comes to offense. I don't think he typically knows where his shots are going to come from. LeBron might have some idea because he spends so much time on the ball, but even there, like, you know, and, and LeBron benefits from being LeBron, right? It, it, it almost doesn't matter if he's in a rhythm or not. He's the best scorer in the history of the sport. Uh, he is going to be able to get himself in, into a rhythm, but for everybody else, right? Torian Prince, who's been super frustrating. I don't know if he knows when or where those shots are going to come from Austin. Same thing. D'Lo, I think the reason that he is pressing in the way that he does is like, I got to get mine. And, and, and then you, you try to fight yourself into a rhythm and that, and that's sometimes what it kind of looks like is his offense looks kind of forced. And if you're, you those are like starters or those are primary scorers or primary facilitators that we're talking about. And they don't necessarily know where those shots are going to come from. And I think, you know, aside from actually knocking down those shots, that is something that I think the Lakers really need to focus on is 
is getting down to the basics and, and being able to identify two guys. This is a shot that you should be working on. This is a shot that you should be looking for and, and try to grow the offense uh, from there. The next question in this, again, I'll pull it back up. Uh, when will we start getting our players back? All right. So as it stands right now, Cam Reddish is kind of day to day. We didn't get any kind of clarity as far as if the Lakers knew that they he was going to split the back to back. At least I haven't seen any clarity on that. Uh, but we don't know if he was if if it's a matter of they knew he was going to split the back-to-back and they wanted to get him some easier minutes against Detroit before you really start working yourself back and you have to guard somebody like Shea. Um, Maybe later in the year, you probably go with the latter option there because the games there feel more important than they do on uh, November 30th. But so Cam, I think, is obviously closest to returning, seeing as we actually saw him return. Um, I think Vando, you have to think, soon you're going to be getting him back uh like relatively soon like reevaluated in the next day type of soon uh i'm really curious what the injury report is going to look like for tomorrow's game uh the lakers have an off day today friday they play saturday i'm really curious what that injury report is going to look like um with with uh vando and and if he's going to be able to go hopefully that if he's able to go then now you start you know, working him into the rotation and maybe somebody out of the rotation. Uh, oh, hey, look at that. We have a guest. Sweet. I'm going to put my headphone in. Please work. And come on. Here we go. Sabrina. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. How's it going? I sometimes, so for, for background here, I'll sometimes, if I'm getting ready to record, especially on a day like today, Friday, where it's kind of quiet and, and stuff might not be going on. I'll put in the silver screen slack, like just a hail Mary. If anybody feels like hopping on and, and uh, fortunately really thrilled to have Sabrina merchant of the athletic here to, uh, to hop on and talk about this. Sabrina, last time you and I spoke, we had optimism. I was over we optimistic. Op- I believe <laughs> we were optimistic about how, the, uh, the 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 Lakers looked in the preseason and how the uh, the roster looked and all of that. Um, where do you stand now? It honestly just feels like the same team that we ended last year with, which uh, wasn't quite good enough, you know, to win a title. And I think the one thing that has maintained my optimism is that LeBron looks amazing. And yeah, yeah, that was not always the case at the end of last season because of the foot injury, which. He may or may not have surgery on. I don't know. Maybe that happened. We don't know. But the foot looks good. It is crazy that like we just didn't get an update there. Like it was I clear mean, he that he told us. Yeah. We're not going to know if I have surgery because the next time we speak, it will have been fixed. One way or the other. Do you think he just like, like, do you think he, he has like vacation shoes that he tightens? Like he has some, like some HGH and... going on. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, <laughs> yeah it is it is wild that we just like never found out that or about ad and like if if he got any kind of surgery either clutch clutch knows how to to manage that kind of information but all right i'll throw a bit of a devil's advocate point though on the the lebron aspect of it because Mm -hmm. i think at the end of the day it is the most important that he looks good and that he is kind of keeping the lakers afloat but 
it makes me nervous that at this stage of the season, we, you know, you still need these, you know, Herculean efforts to remain competitive. And that was a red flag last year while Russ was on the team. So like, are you looking at it the same way as we did last season or what? Like where, where do you stand on, on the amount of, of wear and tear that LeBron is going to have because of everything he's asked to do. And like the fact that we're here again, that like, once again, the Lakers need crazy LeBron lines to remain even competitive. So the way I see it is you really don't win playoff series unless you have the best player in each series. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, it, it's, it's kind of just that simple, right? <laughs> like, you know, the, the Celtics lose to the heat because Jimmy Butler was better than Jason Tatum. Right. And it just, it, it comes down to that. You need to have the best player in the series, generally speaking to win these. And the Lakers didn't have that against Denver. And I feel like mm-hmm. the way LeBron is playing, there's a much better chance of him being that guy in April and May than there was last year. So, and like, he wasn't even the best player when they beat Memphis and Golden State, right? That was Anthony Davis. So, and I just don't think Anthony Davis's ceiling is high enough to be number one guy on a championship team, even yeah. though like the bubble may have suggested that it was, I don't know. I don't really know how to appreciate the bubble anymore. It was, it was a weird time. <laughs> but, <laughs> Things happened. <laughs> I just think that you need LeBron to be alpha one, you know, to win these series and it's good that we're seeing that over the course of the season. Like he didn't approach this level during the regular season last year, even when the Lakers were making that run at the end of the year, it was more of a collective team effort. So to know that LeBron has this in him, I think is the most positive thing. I'm not so certain that it's a bad thing that like the Lakers are using him this way to start the year, because like, this is what the playoffs are going to look like, you know, like it's good to just get these kind of reps in. Um, Yeah. He's 38 years old, 39 this month. Who knows what the wear and tear is going to look like, but he's, this is what he does. You know, like, it's just, this is just LeBron James. And like the minutes restriction is possibly the funniest thing that has ever happened. To the <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just have the... like a constant running thing in my head, like things that lasted as long as LeBron James's minute restriction. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think like, like who's the guy? Frank Reich, right, was just fired by the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. His tenure, like, barely longer than than the minutes restriction. Yeah. <laughs> <Barely. Like, laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, that was that was a hilarious development. There has been some really funny stuff. Like er- Harrison and I have taken it upon ourselves to power rank stuff every week. We do the mm. we do like the things that we find funniest in the NBA. Right, right. And honestly, that that minutes restriction should just be at the top of the list every every one with a bullet you know (laughs) it's like it was it was just like lebron was clearly annoyed by it and then you knew that like it's not gonna last very long but we did i didn't think it was just gonna be like the next game where we're just gonna ignore it we're never gonna bring it up darvin was thinking you know we're probably not gonna beat the nuggets on opening night on ring night Let's give LeBron some cover for this one night. <laughs> and then we can pretend like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and they have. They have his minutes are way high and is and is uh you know everything he has to do on offense is way high. Um ha- all right, so we've said that we were overly optimistic coming into the season. Mm-hmm. How far back have you scaled your expectations? It's a good question. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm still of the belief that no one in the Western Conference landscape really jumps out to me as like, oh my God, this is a team that is unbeatable by the Lakers on a given night. Yeah, like the Nuggets Mm. are a bad matchup for the Lakers because they neutralize Anthony Davis, like in terms of a defensive perspective, right? Like the, the beauty of the Lakers is that you can theoretically shut down the water of any team in the league and you just can't do that against Denver. It's the one team that I really think Anthony Davis is just the most defensively useless against. But I still look at, like, you get a certain matchup level. Like, I don't see why the Lakers couldn't get to the finals. Their offense still worries me. Um, but that's why, like, seeing LeBron this good is kind of <laughs> the the panacea. <laughs> because at a certain point, you just put your ball in the best player's hands and good things tend to happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not, like, that much less optimistic because I didn't think the Lakers were title favorites coming into this. I thought they were still part of a group that could win the title. And unlike, say, the Golden State Warriors, I don't think they've dropped out of that tier. Um, so I feel fine about you know the overall process. I still think that there probably will be some adjustments made at the trade deadline. Like That's just the way Rob Palenka has done things. Uh, I don't know what kind of adjustments those are going to be. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, well, I, I'm on, happy on that front. the way they've looked mostly. Like Obviously, there have been some generally bad you know <laughs> efforts <laughs> but yeah yeah that like sounds better. i'm not gonna change my entire opinion of the lakers because they lost by 44 to the sixers like that's that was four former clippers just showing out <laughs> against the lakers <laughs> it's like part of their dna like, it doesn't yeah. matter where they go it's just like they're gonna play their absolute best against the lakers mm-hmm. um on that, you mentioned you, you kind of alluded to something that I found interesting. I had Dan Wojcicki on the show earlier in the week, and he made the note of uh, the impact of of trade rumors when they're happening this early, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I have noticed it specifically with D'Angelo Russell, um, kind of a somewhat interesting development, I would say, over the last. 24, 48 hours or so is, you know, I'm hearing not that like the, the locker room is like so far, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like disjointed, but there's a a kind of a weird vibe. And this is now two years in a row where you headed into the season. And, and I like, this is the case with every NBA team, I think. And, and, and just in professional sports, this is just kind of how it goes. I think it's part of the territory. Um, But like specifically with the Lakers, I feel like it's a little bit more out in the open and, 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 you know, last year you headed into the season, you knew that Russ had to be traded this year, you headed into the season and you knew slash at, at, at the, you know, at the very least you feel like D'Angelo Russell eventually is going to get traded. Right. And I'm kind of one, I'm, I'm kind of curious and it's, it's something I'm going to kind of examine, you know, up until the trade deadline, basically is if it's necessarily healthy 
for that much of the culture to be kind of underlined by, yeah, that guy's probably not going to be here. You know, and like it's it's almost become a mainstay of of the Rapalinka Lakers. It's like it, it just kind of hangs over everything. At least one guy every season, you're always kind of looking at him like, yeah, it's cool. He's playing well. That'll help his trade value. You know, like it's 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 never just with the Angela Russell. It's just like, wow, he's playing well. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. And he's probably gone anyway, but he's playing well. <laughs> you know, like w- w- what are your thoughts on on that topic? I think the specter of player movement is something that hangs over a lot more teams than just the Lakers. You know, yeah. maybe maybe they're not signing the specific D'Angelo Russell contract where he's waiving his no trade clause implicitly, you know, when he signs it, which, yeah. is, you know, and that doesn't have precedent in NBA history. Right? Like this was specifically yeah. designed for D'Angelo <laughs> Russell to sign this contract. <laughs> like, those, again, it's just it's 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 not just because I agree with you. It is just a part of. Like you and I are talking right now in the middle of the the, the hot stove for for MLB, right? Um, what hot like, stove? Yeah, I know it's it's like a lukewarm stove. It's like, I know. It's like so a, silly. A, there's a there's a stove somewhere, but there's a gas leak on the way to it, and the fire isn't coming out the way that it needs to. Um, exactly. But like it it is like now you know we're all such internet GMs now right that like it is impossible to kind of like even hell it, it's it's not even limited to to professional sports now right in college mm-hmm. sports you're talking about the 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 transfer portal, portal as all well the time, yeah you know yeah so it is just kind of it does hang over everybody but like to <laughs> with the Angela Russell specifically he signed his contract with that in mind. <laughs> Like every conversation about him was like, yeah, yeah, he signed it. They're happy that they got him at a low number because it makes him more tradable. Ironically, though, I wish he was at a bit higher of a number so that they could get a better contract back for him. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I the deal thing kind of makes me sad because he was drafted by the Lakers. He obviously took a lot of pride in being a member of the Lakers. Uh his his son's birthday party this year was Laker themed. You know, like he just finished his Laker rookie season. If you haven't seen it, you can check out Dilo's Instagram. It's very cute. Uh, yeah. And to think that like all of this happens just as a prelude to him getting shipped out to Chicago in February, which what a terrible time to be in Chicago, just regardless of what's happening with the Bulls, honestly. Uh, <laughs> just the playing him and Austin together doesn't make a ton of sense for what the Lakers are trying to do, right? Like that's, that's the inherent problem is that you can't play two guards who are going to get targeted like that defensively for extended periods of time. And I credit credit to both of them for playing as well as they possibly can in these very weird circumstances, knowing that one of them is probably going to play the other out of town. Uh, And D'Lo knows it's it's probably not going to be Austin. Uh, (laughs) So that's, that's, that's a toughie. Like I'm, I've been very impressed with D'Lo, how he's, you know, handled the situation. He's been traded, what, one, two, this is like the third time, fourth time he's been traded in his W, sorry, I said W, this is clearly where my head is all the time in his NBA career. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, one, two, three, four, yeah. Um, I mean, he knows how the business works, and to have that level of professionalism that clearly has taken him some time to develop, you know, since he was drafted, like he, I always think about the, the time in summer league when he does the ice in his veins thing and like, the Sixers just go and take another shot because the Lakers are all celebrating in the middle of the court. And it's like, oh, the game wasn't over, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I love that team so much. Like yeah. it's just like that whole era was just there was so much comedy in all of it, you know. Um, yeah. But like I, I I went through you know uh, when Harrison was on the show last week, I ran through D'Angelo Russell's career, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Jalen Rose always makes this point when you talk about like players who have talent. A lot of times it's about system and situation deciding the extent to which that talent is made good on. Right. And, and Russell, like, I, I just, you could really make the argument. And I did that. Nobody is ever really fully committed to D'Angelo Russell. Like it, it, the closest that you ever got was his rookie season. But even there, that season was so much more about getting Kobe as many shots as possible. <laughs> and Byron being such a terrible coach that like, there was no real, he was on a halftime show of Spectrum the other day, and I was like, no, not today. <laughs> We're changing the channel. <laughs> I feel like D'Angelo Russell was too, right? Because normally he yeah. plays really, really well there. Like, he played so well in that game that normally you get the like, – yeah. <laughs> just imagine if, like, <laughs> he's like, okay, I could do the post game. Oh, uh, I'm good. I'll – I'm all right. You know, it occurs to me to now that this is not even the first time D'Angelo has played out the first part of the season knowing that he's going to be traded. Like when he got to Golden State, the entire conversation yeah. was, oh, that's a tradable number, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that was all it was. Well, and, and, and I think there are a lot of similarities with the way that he played there and the way that he's playing here, right? And I think mm -hmm. his attempt at saying and doing all of the right things, not really sticking. I did promise everybody, by the way, and I am going to get to... Uh, more of the questions. I like I said earlier, this this question, there's a lot to it. So, you know, eventually I'm gonna get back to one of the five questions here that that I, I left off off on. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't take advantage of being able to talk to you about basketball because I love doing that. But um I I I just kind of find myself wondering uh you know, and, and I think the Bulls are kind of in the spot, right? Like Zach Levine didn't play. And then all of a sudden the Bulls beat the Bucks, right? And they just looked like they were playing so much harder because that presence that they know isn't there and can't possibly be committed. Like you can understand that it is a part of the business, but you're still a human, right? And like, if you're... I just assumed because it wasn't an in-season tournament game, they had their mojo back. <laughs> <laughs> But like, but like, I don't know. I, 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 this is, this is always one of the more fascinating aspects of professional sports, right? In that, like, you're supposed, like, everybody loves to say, I'm, I'm in this to win a championship. My focus is on the team. My focus is on all of the stuff. But like, you and I have been in this industry long enough to know that it's hard to fully commit in this industry, in this, in this entertainment industry, because you just never know, right? Like, you just, you never know what opportunities might come up for you next. What, you never know what, uh, what what direction the company all of a sudden decides to go in, and and I I feel like you know you try to make the best out of those situations, but you're still a human, and I think with with Russell, um, and I think with the Lakers at large, I, I think everybody is trying to make the best of of the situation, but I do kind of feel like, and I said this the other night, they're going to have to make a decision one way. I think they've made their decision from what I'm hearing, but they have to kind of like, you know, make a decision, have a conversation with him, have a conversation with the team and be like, Hey, this guy's here for the long haul or he isn't, <laughs> you know, like the, this weird spot where, where, you know, we're there in limbo right now. I just don't think is, is necessarily the, the healthiest. Um, 
I will let's let's answer a chunk of that question. So your your thoughts on the offense. I have spent a lot of time whining about five out, whining about the the initial setup of this offense and I think the lack of coherent goals on a possession by possession basis is driving me insane. When you're watching it, are you seeing the same things I am? Yeah, I don't think five out is the right idea for this particular Lakers team. I think, no. you know, the four out one in that they used at the end of the season last year makes a lot more sense just in terms of how Anthony Davis's jump shot looks right now or lack thereof. Or doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like literally a, not shooting outside the paint. Like you, you wrote this, uh, I think on Twitter the other day, that the six three pointers have turned into point six three pointers per game, which is wild just wild um but i mean part of it is i thought the lakers had some decent perimeter shooting in this lineup to start the year and i believe if you exclude the four in-season tournament games they're shooting sub 30 percent from three-point range Mm -hmm. and i just don't think that's going to hold right (laughs) like i think uh torian prince is bound to have some better days than one of 11 you know like that's it just has to be like, come on. <laughs> There's no way that this is going to, we're going to go through this again. Um, it's a good know. thing I had, like I was setting up for the show and it was one of those prompt tweets. Right. And I mm-hmm. think the tweet was like, who is a villain without necessarily being a villain. And because I had all of the stuff like setting up for the show, I didn't get around to saying <laughs> getting sent on it, but I was going to grab a picture of Tori and Prince because oh he's God. driving me up the wall. I can't if watch I, him play basketball. I'm anymore. watching, you know, the Minnesota OKC game the other day, and Troy Brown Jr. has this ridiculous run to end the game because, you know, Anthony Edwards got hurt and Troy's got to fill in those minutes. And like he's doing things off the dribble and like, you know, taking a step back three. And it's just, what in the world is this guy? <laughs> like, where did this come from? <laughs> and then like you know, having text conversations that are like, is Torian Prince better than Troy Brown Jr.? And it's like, he has to be. He has to be better than Troy Brown Jr. Please. <laughs> like, this guy couldn't get on the court in the playoffs last year. I liked the Troy Brown experience. I got, you know, he was a minimum contract. I think he was perfectly fine at he that fine, number. Yeah. Um, I wish Torian Prince him. was I a minimum Lonnie, contract. You know, is Torian oh, Prince man. not a minimum contract? No, he's like a, he's like a biannual exception. Uh, oh, like he's that guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lonnie was the one that stings because his skill set specifically uh, with being able to get into the key and get into the middle of the defense without a screen. Right. He's such a better athlete than any of the other guards, like even including Gabe. He's such mm-hmm. a better athlete than maybe those three guys combined. That's a that's a fun poll question. Is is Lonnie like if you stacked up the verticals of D'Angelo Russell, Gabe Vincent, and Austin Reeves, does it does it add up to Lonnie Walker's vertical? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Skywalker, I doubt it. I really doubt it. Um, friend of the show, Lonnie Walker. I'm always going to call him that. But yeah, I um, yeah, I that that's the you know another person is asking a question essentially uh and i will pull it up here in a second but you know with the way that the lakers are playing against bad teams right is that is that a circumstantial thing or is it a uh is it a roster formation thing right so i'll, I'll read it specifically from twitter um how much of the lack of competitive against tough teams is related to us being injured and how much are we just not good enough thanks for the hard work always listening from brazil that is always crazy to me 
Like I've been going through my numbers and it's like, so cool. you're big in the Philippines. I'm like, what? Okay. Well, the Philippines are notoriously basketball crazy country. Oh yeah. They love the Lakers. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a great video of Kobe doing a traditional Philippine dance, like back from like, it must've been like early two thousands when he took a tour there. And it, I yeah. always watch it. It's, just, it's so funny just to see like, the love that they have for this guy who lives, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the that, question do you think like because the lakers have now like a fifth of their games so far this year have been blowouts to good teams Mm -hmm. or to better teams right um is that is that now a trend is it something that you were particularly concerned about or do you think it's circumstantial with you know they have like missing three nba caliber wings is difficult right right I think there is a lack of athleticism in the Lakers lineup right now. Um, just that's not Austin's best skill. It's not Delo's best skill. It's not Prince's best skill. So you look at the entire perimeter and like, I think Max is a good athlete. I don't think Max is a great athlete. Uh, so that doesn't even change the calculus that much. There's just a certain level of burst, right? Like you, you put Lonnie in that golden state game because he can, you know, beat a guy off the dribble, you know, the blowbys just don't happen with this current Lakers roster. And you look at the guys that they're missing, Vando, Rui, like they're hella athletic. So I think even Cam, right? Cam's a very athletic guy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm kind of willing to hold some, you know, judgment just because I want to see what the Lakers look like when their athletes are on the court. Uh, Cause I think that just provides a different dimension. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I land on the. I think it's the fairest. Yeah, I think that's the fairest take. Um, the only thing that I would necessarily remain concerned about is, like Jared Vanderbilt doesn't help your offense. You know, no, no. even Cam Reddish doesn't really help your offense. Really, like does, our transition but... has been really bad, and I just don't think we're forcing enough live ball turnovers. So I think that's part yeah. of it. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, and, and their rebounding has been a problem too, right? The the <laughs> offensive rebounding, the opposing offensive rebounding has been a bit of right. a problem all year. Like last last night when they were playing OKC, like it, it they looked like like OKC looked like a track team compared to the Lakers. You know? Yeah, we <laughs> just look sluggish. They're gonna look like that. I mean, OKC is gonna look like that against just about everybody, but the Lakers mm-hmm. specifically, you know. Um, I remember playing uh you know, when I, when I graduated high school and I wasn't going to play college basketball or anything like that. So you go and you play in these adult leagues and occasionally you would have like my, my, you know, whoever remained local from my high school team that graduated, we all just got together, grabbed a couple more guys and we played in an adult league there back at home. And you would play against these like 50 year old men. And you had all of us were, you know, that's about as athletic as I've ever been and will ever be. And so you just, it's, it just like felt like a different sport to those guys. Right. They would always say mm-hmm. like, you know, after, after a win or something like that, and you, you like, you know, shake, you shake hands after the game. And they're all saying like, God, it would have been fun to play you guys 30 years ago. And I, I legitimately feel like, like LeBron actually can probably say that. <laughs> it would have been really fun to play you chat 30 years ago. <laughs> AD moves like he would say that to Chet oh, after yeah. the game. Um, but but like, yeah, it is it is wild to watch the Lakers just play at such a, a disadvantage there. Uh, we have a premium comment here from Lil Chris Johnson. 
Braun, Cam, Vando, AD, Wood lineup would be fire. Uh, I want I mean, a little I, more shooting. A little more. Yeah. Well, but that's a, I've I've become so sick of the Lakers shooting that <laughs> I just I couldn't believe the numbers when I was reading them. There was like a piece yesterday just about how the, the disparity between teams in their in-season tournament games and not. And like the Lakers yeah. literally have like an 18 percentage differential on three-point shooting in the in-season tournament games versus <laughs> not. It's like it's there. It is definitely there. Would you welcome those god-awful courts night in, night out if it meant that the Lakers shot like that all the time? 100%. 100%. <laughs> I'd have to think about Who it. Who are you talking but... about? Come on. <laughs> I hate those courts that much. That even I'm like, oh, I don't know. Can, can, we, can we just see the, the law of The red first? ones are bad. The most, most of them are like inoffensive. They just look bad. Like they're not like, they don't make me actively not want to watch. Like the red ones... Like the Milwaukee Bucks heat game the other day was on a tournament court, a red yeah. with a gray runway, which is the worst possible combo. And I thought about it. I was like, I mean, do I really want to watch this instead of like <laughs> Hawks Cavs right now? I really like Dallas's in season court, right? The, uh, yes, the, the, yeah, one. the joke. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to, do you want to spend the last like five, 10 minutes here arguing about the in season tournament? Do you want to, do you, I love the, you hash that let's out? talk about the tournament. Yes. Yes. Cause this All is right. like my main gripe with you over the past <laughs> month has been how, <laughs> how upset you are with the prospect of Anthony Davis and LeBron potentially having to play another game. They've when, already earned an extra game against the Phoenix suns. Why is no, this I, something I, I should mean, be rooting for? It does. Okay. So I, I actually don't, don't know this when we like go down to division tiebreakers, is this going to count as a division game between the Lakers and the Suns? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that doesn't really matter because divisions don't mean anything in the NBA anymore, which is unfortunate because the Pacific division is tremendous. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was a thing with divisions still. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, exactly. that doesn't really bother me. Like, so what? You don't play, I don't know, Portland one more time. You play the Suns. Like, the Lakers get up to play the Suns. They don't get up to play Portland. Like, there's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. I my i just like, i was all right, so, much more concerned about losing our last game to portland than i was about losing our last game to phoenix <laughs> <laughs> did they lose to portland i didn't they didn't lose their no it was, it was but like lebron had to do what you were talking about like just an yeah. insane lebron performance because nobody else did anything yeah yeah that is fair i i i, I you know and i that i think is i was talking to aaron about that the other day this is more of a general basketball point about the lakers mm -hmm. but like at some point ham needs to hammer into the Lakers. Hey, LeBron can ease himself into the season. You guys cannot. <laughs> you you have not like, earned this benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, Torian, like you you do not get to like, you know, just like gently ease yourself into the jacuzzi that is the NBA season. You, you don't get to like dip a toe in and, and feel the the pricklies the on, your, on your feet. I give like a little bit of grace to are the ones who played international basketball, but that's only Austin. It's nobody else. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but all right, let's 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 actually hash this out yeah. about the the tournament. Um I really think there are two factors here that I'm really bumping on. Okay. Um the courts. I can't do it with the courts. The Lakers court is like if they like could it's you just an innocuous you, thing, honestly. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> the Lakers like court is one like, of the better ones. 
I don't think you have spent as much time in bars as I have. And it's just okay. every time I look at any of these courts, all I see is the shuffleboard thing that's like in the corner mm. of every bar. Okay. You know, okay. And, and like I can't not that's a bad see thing. that. I love shuffleboard. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't think that's the vibe that the league is going for, right? <laughs> um, and then the other thing is is like it is so to me, it is so blatant a PR push on the league's part, right? Like you I know that a memo out there exists that will never see the light of day from the league to its TV partners, to the teams, to the players association. Do not ever actually criticize the the in season tournament. Do not ever do it. And I, I like hearing Chuck and Shaq who make fun of everything. I think they called Jordan Clarkson Captain Crunch the other day because of the way that he <laughs> walked hat. into a game. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but like they make fun of everything. And the and and the line here apparently is the shuffleboard courts. Like that's yeah. that's where we are not gonna go. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna leave the courts to the side because I think they've accomplished their purpose, which is they served as a talking point. And when you look they at a game with the court, I can't tell you how many times people ask me, like, why does the court look so weird? What does this mean? And then you get into a conversation about the tournament. And that's mm -hmm. the whole point of it, right? So <laughs> yeah. I think they've accomplished their purpose. Yes, some of them are heinous. <laughs> They're legitimately unpleasant to look at. And as I said with the Bucks Heat game, make me want to change the channel. That can be changed yeah. very easily. That does not be the same court next year. You know, that's fine. Yeah. I, you you I take issue with like you saying that, like, We've never had close games in November before. People are acting. Like we haven't. What? <laughs> the you way people are responding to these games, that, like you know that that Bucks Heat game, that Warriors Kings game, like you don't get that kind of intensity in November. Like we never talk about basketball in November. We talk about all this other nonsense because nobody cares about the season at this point. So you have people doing math, and that to that to you was like a good thing. People are doing like long division. Intentionally to out. fouling Andre Drummond up twenty nine is objectively <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> the, I will say Joe Mazzulla explaining that to Billy Donovan <laughs> is one of my favorite images ever. <laughs> Joe Mazzulla, like he he like can't help but have his eyes be like this wide open when mm -hmm. and so he's sitting there like talking to, look Billy, Billy, <laughs> do not complain about. This. <laughs> that was that was the Bulls clearly didn't get fun. the memo about not complaining about the tournament. They they were the one team who just apparently the facts didn't go through. But yeah. Yeah. I, I well I, I don't think uh I don't think why am I blanking on the, the, the owner's name there? Reinsdorf? Reinsdorf. Yeah, I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf pays for the fax machine. Like I, <laughs> ever know. since Michael sent the I'm packed fax. Like that's the last one. <laughs> that <was> no it. more. <laughs> not a terrible one to end on, but but still. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find it like, this is part of the thing. I even tweeted out, I, I, and this is me. I was being legitimate when I said that the way that people were invested in the in season tournament, I thought it was a bit like Harrison is the, is I think the best Harrison person is I've doing ever a bit. known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but that's how I, I like, I, that's how it comes across as everybody to me, everybody to me says like, because anybody who's crediting the in-season tournament with close games, their overtime has been played in November before. Okay, I promise people that has uh, happened. 
you, let's just stick with the Lakers here. This is the Lakers lounge. Let's stick with the Lakers okay. for a second. You cannot deny that the Lakers care way more about these games than they do about every other regular season game. It's displayed in their performance. It's displayed in the way they talk about it. How many times have they brought up the $500,000? LeBron clearly wants to have another notch on his resume. Like, hey, I was the first in-season tournament champion. There's absolutely an added level of stakes for so many of the players, I think. Like when Stephen Curry, I mean, I think because he was mic'd up, he was putting on an extra show. But like he was talking about the point differential every single time he was mic'd up. (laughs) You think Steph is like Harrison? He's just like really committed to the bit. <laughs> yeah, the bit. <laughs> I I just I don't think you can argue that there are more stakes to these games. That people care more about these games, the players themselves do, than they do about November regular season basketball. I think that that is objectively true because, like, to some of these guys, that is a substantial bonus that they could earn themselves if, That's if it goes well. Right. That's great. I just can't get myself to care about super duper rich people getting another bonus. Like that's not something. So like to me, I and think all there is, is something about there. Super duper rich people. Well, but like them getting richer by way of a tournament that, that they're trying to sell me it. Like to me, I like watching the Lakers win games. They care more about winning these games. That is fun for me to watch. All right. That's, that's, that's a dip. That is an impossible. You, you just checkmated me on, on that yeah. point. That is fair. <laughs> But I like it's not that I am altogether out on the in-season tournament. I think there are aspects of this that can be fun, can add to the 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 regular season in ways that they were hoping, right? And I'm not even saying get rid of the bonuses because that's fine to me too. Like if it does get these guys to play harder, then cool. I don't need to know about the value. I don't need to know what what they would win or whatever. That's fine. Like, I don't know how playoff bonuses work. That's fine with me. I know they get them, but I don't know what the numbers yeah, are. Yeah, right. right. Like, that's yeah. how it, I'm good with that. And yeah. it goes without saying that, like, you would, you're playing extra games. Like, you, you're you just like overtime, One right? Hope, um, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, in our industry, that's not really the Let's case. Let's get paid right? for overtime, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> um, but, like, so I, I, the thing that I, I wish that they had done, and you've had plenty, they had plenty of time to think this out. The thing that I wish that they had done, is find some way that the fans can care about it beyond just like, hey, my team is on and I hope that they win. You know, whether it's like uh, I've heard Andrew Sharp say that like maybe you get like a second round pick or something like that. And then Harrison added to it and say that like you would extend it for far out in advance, you know, or something like that. I I like the idea of if you um, if you win the in-season tournament, you get to knock off one of the years of the Stepien role where like you can't actually trade first in back-to-back seasons. <laughs> That's a bad thing. I do not want that to happen to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, seeing as what we've seen from Jalen Huchifino, I don't think the Lakers need a first rounder. Like we're, we're fine without it. So but... much better at the undrafted second round pile than we are at the first round. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's giving me real like Anthony Brown vibes is in, in, oof, in, 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 like, in real like, Scary ways. I had high um, hopes for Anthony Brown. Me too. So. Yeah. Me too. Um, remember in that draft, I think they took Nance first and then Brown, right? They yeah. like inverted the selections there. And everyone was really was upset like, that they didn't take Anthony Brown first. Yeah. And, and then they were like, oh, was, you got uh, anyway. RJ Hunter draft. I remember people being very high on RJ Hunter. That did not. Yeah. <laughs> well, not a good day. <laughs> <didn't> go well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 
I like if if they had found some way or if it's like playoff seeding, I think somebody said if you could apply it to like the tiebreakers in your like if you win hmm. the conference, you just win all tiebreakers, period. I'm cool with that, you know. I just think like given the amount of time, because they were working on this thing for years. Right. <laughs> they were they were trying to package this thing for years. And I just wish that they had done a, and this is like very indicative of like the Adam Silver regime right is he did all kinds of stuff like on the parameters that don't have to do with the basketball didn't really think out the basketball all that well I mean, and i just sure wish they barely there was more the courts <laughs> they didn't <laughs> barely thought of <laughs> like, like when you think court. of the utah jazz you think of lavender right <laughs> <laughs> like the lakers court the fact that like the out of bounds line is just like some tiny little black line there needs to you be know, a that separates two really between <laughs> the out of bounds and the inbounds. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always have to consult my brother on these things because he's colorblind and he has a you know a more useful yeah. perspective than I do. He's like, yeah, there's just there's not enough of a separation. But anyway, sorry, you were saying, yeah, the Adam Silver um, era always caring about the peripherals and not the actual meat of the problem, not the basketball. Yeah, yeah. That that to me, like, if they address this tournament's impact on the actual basketball, I will. Well, I can't promise that I'm going to stop complaining because I'm going to find something. Because you're Anthony, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, see, this is this is where I disagree on that. I like that the incentives right. of the tournament are separate from the regular season. It's a separate entity. Like the fact mm -hmm. that they are regular season games is kind of just an unfortunate casualty. Of the fact that we're not getting rid of 82, right? Like, yeah. As long as there are 82 games, I mean, we were we were married to this <laughs> setup until the end of time. Apparently, it's so, such a weird random number, 82. I know. It's not even like you play every team three times or two times. It's just sometimes yeah. you play them four times. Sometimes you play them three times. And then with the tournament, yeah. five games against the Suns. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that the incentives are not tied to the regular season. So I wouldn't want playoff seating to be determined by that or a tiebreaker or something. Because it's just like, let's say you don't want to hear about the tournament. You know, like I guess you can't really because you have to win the regular season games. Yeah. Like you saw that Dallas-Houston game you know, on your favorite, right, your in-season tournament court that Dallas really wanted to win, even though they couldn't win the group because it's still a regular season game. Like, I guess that's kind of counterintuitive because the incentives are always going to be tied together because the regular season games. But I just don't think that winning it should have an effect because I, I like that winning the tournament is separate than winning, you know, an NBA title. And for so long, all we've had to look forward to is winning an NBA title because once the Warriors lost in 2016, everyone was like, oh, the regular season means absolutely nothing. And it's unfortunate because I love watching regular season basketball. That's when the most teams play. It's when you, you know, get to see young guys develop and all the fun storylines generally happen during the regular season, as long as you're paying yeah. attention to them. And we decided that, oh, because these guys lost three games in a row in June of 2016, all of a sudden, now it doesn't matter how many games you win during the regular season. I like that these games, like, you know, are fun and like people clearly are invested in winning these games and, they care about the rules. I, I don't know that the point differential should be the end-all tiebreaker because it led to some very weird situations. But I don't know. I, I'm just having a great time with the tournament. I, I agree the courts are weird. But that's an easy fix, you know? <laughs> like next year, just ignore the second color. Just do the runway thing. You know, it still is going to look like shuffleboard, but it sets off that something different is happening. Or just put just the, trophy the trophy in the middle, you know? Yeah. Just do the trophy. Yeah. Like, especially now after, after you play the one year and people see people like holding up the A team, holding up that trophy. Mm -hmm. um, I think all you'll need next year is the trophy. Yeah. You know, 
even though it kind of looks like the piston cup, like I, I think, I think, you know, all you need is, is the trophy. <laughs> See, oh, ironically, that tournament might be the only thing the Pistons win for like the next 50 years. <laughs> all right. Well, Sabrina, I've taken up a bunch of your time. Thank you a ton for, for catching the hail Mary that I threw in the slack uh, when I did it. Um, anything that you want to plug for the athletic? It's a, you know, women's basketball is 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 in full force uh, in the college side of things. WNBA, you have player players moving around. I, I would imagine now too. So, uh, anything we should be looking for? Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly in college basketball season. The WNBA takes a an off season. I don't know if the NBA is familiar with that. Um, they actually don't no. do anything during this part of the year, <laughs> from when the season ends until January first. It's kind of nice. Uh, but college basketball has been super fun. We have two really really good teams in LA. Uh, so if you want to, you know, go out and watch basketball, that's going to cost you a little bit less than the Lakers and the Clippers. I'd recommend checking out SC in LA. Juju Watkins is probably the most fun player in the country to watch right now. Uh, and we'll yeah. have a lot of stuff about her coming out at the athletic soon. So, yeah, I mean, LeBron's already, you know, putting her on the Instagram stories. So <laughs> more important than Anthony Davis, as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> what was his last tweet about AD? Was there one? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think like the, the last comment he made about AD, right. was like, we don't give a shit, you know, about, I would like, read what you say about him so many like books that. about the relationship between the two of them. Just when this, when one of them eventually retires, yeah. it could be Anthony Davis first. I don't even know. But when one of them yeah. eventually retires, I would love to know exactly how this has gone down. Yeah. I'm going to have to like slide that in between my just like undying focus for George Santos. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> What a day. (laughs) I need every documentary about that guy. And then like, maybe I'll spend some time watching some AD LeBron stuff, but yeah, there it's, it's fascinating. I, I, Matt, I um, made Matt laugh pretty hard in a text or something like that, because I said that he hasn't subtweeted AD specifically because AD is also clutch, right? Like Mm. LeBron used to subtweet Kevin Love all the time, right? And used to right. sub, like basically subtweets everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and hasn't done that with AD. I think it's be specifically because of the agency they should. But that's a that's a fun theory. Juju for Watkins day. is also clutch. So yeah. oh, <laughs> do with that with you. Okay. You <laughs> College <laughs> well, players can go. be left. She was Sarah Cannon with uh, Ronnie James, so they're friends. That's perfect. That is just yeah. All right. Well, thank uh, you very much, Sabrina. Upside, still the most exciting college player in the country. I highly recommend watching USC play basketball. Yeah. I College, the, the NBA has to find a way to tap into more of the game-by-game the game excitement. Because it is just, like we talked about the, 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 the vibe difference in November between mm-hmm. regular season games and the in-season tournament games. And I think there's a connection there to where, like, I don't I don't know if it's if it's the arenas or if it's like the the school pride that goes into it but the amount of excitement that you watch in a women's college game hasn't quite caught on in a women's pro game you know and, and just yeah. like in in the regular season in the NBA you just don't have that same vibe as well right it's how you could tell that it's like a christmas day game or a playoff game when eventually you get there Every women's basketball game that I tune into, women's college basketball game that I tune into, feels like a playoff game. It's incredible. It's such a fun sport. Yeah, it turns out playing like 36 games kind of helps everyone matter. 
<laughs> Adam Silver's like, we need three in-season tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start this up again in January. <laughs> Thanks again, Sabrina. We'll talk to you soon. And thank you, everybody, for your questions and comments and stuff like that. Uh, this is going to be something that we're going to keep doing on Fridays. So I will talk to you again on Monday. <laughs>